0: hi y'all
1: we're in kansas
0: (laughs) couple quick warnings for you here today before we get started first warning this podcast contains adult content don't
1: be a motherfucking pixie yeah you heard that whoa sorry
0: (laughs) (laughs) second warning this podcast contains spoilers for the entire red rising series Please read the books before listening to the podcast.
1: Get the fork out.
0: Where can people find us on social media?
1: Why are you talking like that? <laughs> it's my announcer voice. Announcer voice. You uh-huh. can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. Email howlerpod at gmail.com.
0: You know, if you're feeling great, why don't you just go ahead and review the podcast? And five stars only.
1: Five stars only. Most importantly, share these books with your friends. And if your friends have read the books, share this podcast with them.
0: Boom. And now, Howler Pod.
1: We're it, boyo. Broken and cracked and stupid as we are, we're the light, and we're spreading.
0: Hello, Howlers. Welcome to howler Pod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising series by Howler number one, Pierce Brown.
1: Love that guy.
0: He's a great guy. He's pretty cool. I am your host, Ben Reinhart. Today, co-hosting with me is... The amazing Aaron Airs.
1: Low howlers.
0: We are here to talk to you about Morningstar. Chapters 31 through 36.
1: Do you know who we meet today?
0: We're shedding we're, we're wiping the tears off our cheeks.
1: Maybe. I'm pretty sure I shed some more. But I was gonna say today we're meeting the morning star.
0: Yeah, this is where he gets his name.
1: The title of the book. Let's uh, load up the star shell, shoot straight into our chapter summaries, and meet said Morningstar.
0: Hopefully we don't shit our suits. Right. <laughs> <laughs> chapter 31, The Pale Queen. Darrow is left in a daze following Ragnar's death, as we all are, and I think we're still sobbing. Mm-hmm. Uh Sefi and her Valkyrie fly him, Mustang, Holiday, and Cassius, he survived. Yeah, and but like... He's having a tough time. Okay. And Ragnar's body back to the spires. Once there, Cassius is taken away, and he's like,
1: "Uh, ah, uh." No, he, like, grabs Darrow's hand, and Darrow's (laughs) like, sorry. Sorry, bro. No, Darrow's, he's
0: fine. (laughs) He's taken away by the obsidians, and Darrow and his friends let themselves be taken prisoner.
1: Although Holiday's like, nah, boss.
0: Right. In their cell, Darrow, Mustang, and Holiday debate their next move. The ladies, they want to escape, but Darrow determines they will stay and try to change Aaliyah Snow Sparrow's mind.
1: When you said ladies, I was like, who's the other lady? Because I ladies. forgot Holiday was a lady. <laughs> she's like so androgynous to me. Okay.
0: They are guided to Aaliyah's throne room where they find her sitting on her throne with Ragnar's dead body across her lap. Darrow and Mustang try their best to change her mind and reveal the lies of society, but there's one problem. Aaliyah already knows a lie. She knows the gods are mortal. She has already resigned herself to this world. Her corruption keeps her people in their place. She tells them she will send them to Asgard, and the gods will decide their fate.
1: Damn. Damn. Chapter 32 No man's land or woman's <laughs> Let's be <laughs> inclusive. Darrow Mustang and Holiday are tied up to the back of Sephi's squad's griffins. That's what I mean. Sephi's squad. Uh after landing, Darrow pulls Sephi aside to have a little chit chat. He says, "Hey, guess what? Everyone that makes it to Asgard to the quote gods they become slaves of the golds, and he lays out for Seffi the dark truth about Ragnar's life as a slave, a.k.a. fighting in an arena like the Coliseum with other slaves. Very sad existence. So, Daryl convinces Sephi to go along with his plan, which is changing the paradigm. They all ascend to the Way of Stains, all disguised as obsidians. And I'm just wondering, like, how is Holiday like the little? (laughs) She's like the little person of the Obsidians.
0: Yeah, she's like a runt Obsidian, I guess. Yeah, or like a (laughs) 12-year-old. Like,
1: how is she an Obsidian? Anyways, (laughs) no one addresses it. So they they get up there. There's all this like fake magic. This Violet comes out, and Darrow, in his best fake Obsidian voice, tells the Violet that they have seen a ship crash. And they present to him a razor, quote, from the gods, and they demand to present it to the Asgard golds.
0: Chapter 33, Gods and Men. Two golds of Asgard appear in full armor and start questioning the group about the quote-unquote ship that crashed. They ask to see the weapon of the gods, and Sephi produces it as the golds move closer into our trap. Just as they start to get suspicious, Mustang reveals the trap and Darrow strikes, mortally wounding both golds with Mustang's help. Cephi and the Valkyrie study the mortals they thought gods. Seeing their deception firsthand, Darrow gives Cephi a razor. She forms it into the shape of a sling blade. As the other Valkyrie around them begin to laugh, Mustang lets them know, There are five gods left in the mountain. Want to meet them, ladies?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Those are some scary ladies. (laughs) Yeah, extremely scary ladies. (laughs) Darrow, you are outmatched. (laughs) Chapter 34, God Killers. They descend to the spires with all the golds, two dead and five captured in tow. And they come down in a shuttle that they stole from Asgard thanks to the codes they got from Proctor Mercury. That is the most unlucky little shithead we've ever met.
0: Lost two mountains to a red.
1: And then he's about to get axed.
0: <laughs> oh, he's already dead.
1: Fully. Oh, he did die. Yeah. He got. Ooh, yeah. Mustang like spun kicked him. Yep. <laughs> God, I love her. Ugh, I want to spin kick somebody. Okay. They enter Aaliyah's halls, Cephi blasting the ancient doors down with her new pulse fist. She's like, technology, got it. Hell yeah. Shooting shit. (laughs) Aaliyah is in council with her war chiefs, the famous seven and 70 of them. Darrow um, acts as if he's never met Aaliyah, giving this whole speech and giving Aaliyah the chance to join him, giving her the chance to play dumb, basically. She doesn't take it because she a bitch and instead orders her guards to kill these blasphemers. Before anyone can act, Sefi straight up decapitates her mother. Mm, Just got her. No, clearly no word because she doesn't talk, right? <laughs> nope. Just... Boom! She's done. Her mm-hmm. head falls to the ground. Her body slowly tilts backwards. Then Seffi speaks for the first time in 25 years. She says, "She knew. She knew." Sorry, that was kind of gremlin. Let me. <laughs> let me <coughs> hold on. Hmm. She knew. <laughs> I don't know. Seffi's got this low voice, and I my voice isn't that low. So Seffi then opens her mother's war chest, ripping the <laughs> The lock off, like, don't lock your back up around sevi She Ooh. is stealing it. Yeah, I was like, dang. She, <laughs> she is strong. Um, she pulls out this huge, double-headed, badass axe of war. Then she goes down the line of captured golds, asking, are you a god? Before killing them with the axe. She axes them all to death. And Mustang's like, what the fuck? Cephi then <laughs> dons her mother's helmet and sits in this amazing throne that makes the Iron Throne from Game of Thrones look like a little pixie throne. Right, with the this, griffin skeleton? J- it, like, span. It's The griffin's looking down on you, and the wings span how far? Right. Like, 100 feet? I don't even know.
0: It was a huge griffin.
1: Huge griffin, awesome throne, cooler than Game of Thrones. The obsidians all agreed to join Darrow's cause, and she sends them to the other tribes of obsidians to join them. Darrow and Mustang look at each other like, oh, shit. <laughs> and they don't know what they just unleashed on the world.
0: Right. They're like, uh, what do we do? This takes us to part three, glory. Chapter 35, the light. For the next seven days, Darrow and Sephi travel across the ice, uniting all of the obsidian tribes Behind Darrow, they call him the Morning Star.
1: Hey, that's the title of this book.
0: (laughs) I love when that happens. The Morning Star is the star by which griffin riders and travelers navigate the wastes in the dark months of winter. It's the last star that disappears when daylight returns in the spring. Mustang has led a counterintelligence effort with the help of Quicksilver's hackers, to mask their movements and what is going on on the ice, she also organizes a massive troop movement that will take all of the Obsidians from their home on the ice to the tunnels of Mars. On the eighth day, they make their move and head back to Tinos. Cassius survived. He's coming back with us.
1: The yellows of Asgard saved his life.
0: Mm-hmm. The mood in Tinos is a little dour. They know. Their shield, our heart, is gone.
1: Yeah, bring on the tears that I wasn't expecting.
0: And they're a little nervous about this l- really large group of obsidians that are about to show up.
1: <laughs> There's no room. There's, they're, they're already eating rats. Right. Like, what, what are they? The obsidians are going to eat the reds.
0: <laughs> it's a little bit of a problem. Uh, Cephi allows Ragnar's body to be returned to the Howler's a show of goodwill on her part. Darrow finds Severo alone with Ragnar's body in Mickey's lab once they get back to Tinos. Darrow and Severo kind of talk it out. They share their feelings about their brother Ragnar. They have a good just bro talk, basically. And then they start talking about the war to come. They determine that they always thought they were fighting for the people they lost, but they aren't. They fight for the living, for those who haven't been born, for their own chance to have children themselves.
1: Just all the tears. It's good stuff. I, I listened to this chapter when Ragnar's body comes back while I was getting ready in the morning, like trying to put on makeup. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> Stop crying. Kept tearing up. I was like, I'm going to be late to work because of pierce again <laughs> making me cry i
0: kept tearing up when i was putting my makeup on too but
1: yeah I don't know. you still look pretty <laughs> thanks <laughs> <laughs> chapter 36 swill this is like my favorite chapter i love these hang moments so daryl finds Mustang. Mess hall moments yeah mess hall with the <laughs> bacon and eggs yeah <laughs> these are my favorite moments so Daryl finds Mustang in the monastery getting drunk with Uncle Naro, Kavax, Daxo, plus his mother and his brother. A bunch of pit vipers also lounge at another table, eavesdropping on the main group because they're like celebrities down here. So Mustang is telling them all this story about how Daryl and Cassius jumped in the lock like pixies running from packs at the institute. Darrow joins them at the table, feeling nervous that his two worlds are colliding. Deanna notices Darrow admiring Mustang, and Darrow blushes when he sees her watching. It's so cute. (laughs) The love story. (laughs) I love it. Deanna then tells this sweet story of how Darrow helped his brother get medicine back in the mines, which makes Mustang further realize that Darrow wants to build a better world for his family, which is what she's looking for in mm-hmm. this alliance. Also he's the father of, of her, her baby daddies. <laughs> baby daddy. <laughs> you said that like she has more than one baby daddy.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe she does. I don't know. I'm not I'm not here to
1: there's talk no about Cassius's Mustang's life. Ba- Can you imagine if like Dark Age Oh, by the way, there's another baby <laughs> from Cassius.
0: Hey, she's a single woman. She can, do be, what she, she can do whatever she wants.
1: That'd be dramatic. Deanna, Narrow, and Kieran leave. Mustang then gives Darrow Orion's calm frequency, which connects him to his crew, meaning Mustang's like all in. She's giving Darrow what she was holding on to. The telemonicists and Mustang then tell Darrow that they are on his team, but his plan is flawed. His faith in the obsidians is way too strong because Sephi is not Ragnar. They can't just be like, here, rule the world. Mm-hmm. Especially after Sephi axed all the golds to death. Which was tough. pretty intense. <laughs> tough start. Tough start. <laughs> also, the jackal is creepy as fuck. And Mustang tells this super, super creepy, bone-chilling yeah. story about their childhood. Basically noting that the jackal will guess Darrow's plan. Because he's a conniving little shit, and they need to think of a plan that the jackal will not guess.
0: Right. They like, they did the tunnel thing already, and they want to do the tunnel thing again. Claudio. And she's like, bro, tunnels are out. She's
1: like, listen to my childhood and how fucked up it was. (laughs)
0: Yeah. He's got tunnels taken care of.
1: Daryl's like, I grew up in the mines. All my family died. Mustang's like, listen to this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You still have a cool brother. I don't. (laughs)
0: My brother is a psychopath. All right. That's what happened in these chapters. Now we need to know the theme that ties them all together.
1: The theme is?
0: Lifting the veil.
1: Like like a bride.
0: Right. Sephi is our bride. <laughs> <laughs> this time. Sephi and She's all our, of the obsidians. Our
1: beautiful, quiet bride. <laughs> yes. All right. So, so feminine. Yes.
0: So we are revealing the lie of society here throughout these chapters and basically all these chapters deal with first revealing that lie to the obsidians, getting them on the side of the suns, and then the following chapters are just kinda the what happens after after that. Once once you've brought the obsidians into the fold, how do you then deal with that and manage it? So now we've got some quotes. Some uh, quotes. That will show us this theme.
1: From the book of Morningstar. So, so this
0: is where uh, Darrow basically makes the decision that we're not going to escape. We are not going to. We're not going to fight the Obsidians. We're going to try and get them on our side because I owe that to Ragnar. He says Ragnar was my friend. I will not let him die in vain. The only way out is through.
1: The Obsidians
0: are needed. Without them, I can't fight Gold Legions. Not even with your help. He's talking to Mustang. The- I I was Mustang. You did a great Mustang. I Thank was you. like, is that Mustang?
1: It was. It was Mustang. <laughs> it wasn't even me. Is Mustang here? Yeah. She on the podcast? Oh my god. I'd be <laughs> screaming if she was here. So this is when Mustang and Holiday are trying to run. Mustang's already Gotten her cuffs off. She's like Scarjo in the Avengers. What's her character? Black Widow. She's like Black Widow. She's like beating people up, breaking out of all her handcuffs. Yeah. Like spin kicking golds. Or, you know. It's a great comparison. All the the Black Widow shit. Mm -hmm. Also, even more beautiful than Scarjo, who's like the most beautiful. She's the best. So, basically, Darrow is like, I'm not letting Ragnar have come here for this grand plan. For nothing. Right. And even if Darrow dies, at least he'll die happy knowing that he's doing what's right and trying to save Ragnar's family and people.
0: Right. He can't live with himself if he doesn't try in this situation. Like Ragnar came here to lead his people out of their slavery, basically. If he's not going to be able to do that, then Darrow, as his brother, is going to step in and do his best to do it for him, you know?
1: Right. So this decision leads us really through the rest of the book where we have the Obsidians on our team. Right. Also thanks to Seffi.
0: Yes. this is, And so this next quote that we have is we're starting to try and get Seffi on our side, basically.
1: On team lifting the veil.
0: Right. So, okay. So the next quote is after Daryl has made the decision to try and get the Obsidians on his side, he's got to go talk to... Aaliyah.
1: Who is, like, so scary.
0: Can we just talk about them coming into her throne room? She's so scary. Oh, my gosh.
1: Pierce writes about, like, how she leans forward, and you can see the giant crater blackheads on her nose, bigger than the black hole we just discovered. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she looks like she's like a giant witch.
1: She's she's almost like, okay, this is a good character in the NeverEnding Story. But you know the big rock guy that protects everyone from dying? Yeah. She's like that, except bad. Yeah. And like, uglier. Like
0: cross that with a witch. Yeah. And then make it terrible person.
1: And not a rock.
0: And not a rock. <laughs> but kind of rocky because she's got like. She's shaped like him. Yeah. And she's also These got big, like. big,
1: strong hands. Yeah,
0: calluses and stuff all over her face and like really wind-worn and stuff. Blah
1: so you should read the quote now
0: yes but anyway it's a really cool scene when they walk in there she's like sitting on her throne her amazing throne with that huge griffin in the back skeleton and then she's got ragnar it's kind of like the she can
1: pick him up just like her her what are these called?
0: (laughs) it reminds me of the pieta the mary holding jesus that statue
1: Except Mary can't, like, heft Jesus up and, like, walk across the room and gently lay him on a. altar. Also, yeah, she's altar. not
0: an evil <laughs> warrior queen. No, but talk about those
1: quads. Like, Aaliyah's just, <laughs> like, lifting Ragnar. And you know how much heavier a dead body is?
0: How much do you think she squats?
1: She definitely squats <laughs> at least 600 pounds. A
0: couple Ragnars, at least. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs>
0: All right, the quote is... This is Mustang talking to Aaliyah. She says, those men and women on Asgard are not gods. They are flesh and blood, like you, like me. And then Aaliyah responds, which would you fear more, Virginia, Augustus, a god or a mortal with the power of a god? A god cannot die, so a god has no fear. But mortal men, how frightened they are. That the darkness will come. How horribly they will fight to stay in the light. Her corrupt voice chills my blood. She knows. She's already resigned herself to this world, to the lie. Ugh. Let's just talk about how evil this makes Aaliyah right now. Because she literally right. gives her children away to, to a life slavery. of slavery. Yeah.
1: Yeah, she knows what's going to happen to Ragnar and his other siblings. Right. And she only keeps Sephi so that they can continue this um, corrupt rulership of the Obsidians.
0: Of this, like, terrible place. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she hands, like, the most loved man of the Spires, Ragnar, to slavery. Mm -hmm. Well.
0: Her own Ugh. child. It's just, it's awful. And it's just for her own power and just so, like, you know, she can keep this cushy spot.
1: And Ragnar knows that she won't be swayed and basically mm-hmm. had planned to kill her. I wonder how much Ragnar knew about her duplicity.
0: I'm sure he knew all of it. I mean, especially when he was coming back. Like, it seems like Daryl made that pretty clear as well. Just like he kind of figured it out himself that. He was coming back to kill his mom. And I think that this like Daryl knows that he came back to kill his mom, but this like really confirms that it actually goes way deeper than what Daryl thought it was.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like a full on she's she's in on it. And he think, was thinking it was like a gamma thing. Where right, they're like right. she's I like, I was about to say the, the minds were corrupt family. as well. Yeah
1: and Darrow like Darrow immediately knows cuz he's experienced this firsthand with the minds this like you're on the lower tier of power and so therefore just like the gamma you you sell out
0: right so he sees her as a gamma but then at this moment he realizes no she's just in on the entire thing like mm-hmm. she's got the whole
1: like oh she actually realizes she knows all of that it. the worlds are terraformed.
0: Right. <laughs> um, yes. And so then she sends Darrow, Mustang, Holiday off with the Valkyrie to go to the Way of the Stains. Ties them up. Right. They they're and,
1: prisoners, and
0: they're supposed to be presented to the gods. So,
1: AKA given to the Jackal. When they land there, Darrow pulls Sephi aside, and you know Sephi probably knows her mom's evil because she. Kind of already suspects about Ragnar. He talks about that a little bit, yeah. So this is Darrow talking to Sefi when he pulls her aside before they take the way of Stains as prisoners. He says, Where do they go? Have you ever wondered? The men and women your clan gives to the gods? I don't think you believe what they tell you. That they are lifted up as warriors. That they are given untold riches in service of immortals. If you believed in the gods... You would not have sworn yourself to silence when Ragnar ascended. Others cheered, but you wept, because you know, don't you?
0: She does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say, Your brother rose with me. Ragnar returned here to bring you with us, to bring your people out of bondage, and he died for it, for you. Do you trust him enough to believe his last words, do you love him enough? She looks back to me. The whites of her eyes, red with an anger that seems to have long been dormant, as if she's known of her mother's duplicity for years. Wow, that's a really powerful moment, like that right there. Daryl's line is like really hitting her hard,
1: and he's he's read the room, like he knows yeah. he can he can think so. Um, clearly, on her side of things, because he's a red and not just grown up as a gold, mm-hmm. that he can see that Seffi isn't like the other obsidians who cheered with Ragnar. He can see that she must know that something's up with her mom.
0: That's a really good point. That he can like read the room like that, and they know that Seffi is. There's a reason she doesn't talk. There's a reason that she's the way Cat's she is. Got
1: your tongue, see? Right,
0: and they feel like there's a weak point there and they can exploit it for good.
1: For good. Mm-hmm. So then, once they're up in Asgard, they're killing all the gold. We're slicing
0: did people's <laughs> faces in half.
1: Oh, did I tell you? I was listening. I was driving. And Daryl totally slices this chick's face and uh, Pierce writes, like, at the jaw. Right. And it, I, like, pictured in my mind, I literally was like, yeah,
0: I was I pictured, gagging
1: while I was driving.
0: I was picturing like her jaw like half hanging off well, her face.
1: Uh, no, her head comes off. Yeah, it was a tough this one. Is disgusting.
0: That was a bad one.
1: I was like, did Pierce just get bored, Gory, or am I a little pixie?
0: But they did have that great move where he throws the razor at Mercury.
1: It doesn't it like pauses? Stops on his- Pole on the shield. Pole, and then Mustang spin kicks. God damn it. I love it. I love hot. when they fight together. Yeah, yeah it's real sexual. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, kill that gold. <laughs> so anyways, back to the quotes. After Darrow and Mustang totally ruin that chick gold and then stab Proctor Mercury, poor guy. I kind of feel bad for him at this point. This is the quote. It says, Sephi and her Valkyrie stare wide-eyed from their knees at the blood pooling beneath Freya. I remove Freya's helmet from her head, a.k.a. half-head, because he fucking chopped her.
0: jawless <laughs> <Jollous> head.
1: <clears throat> to reveal the mangled face of a middle-aged, peerless, scarred woman with dark skin and almond-shaped eyes. Does this look like a god to you, Sephi, I ask? Ooh, mm-hmm. he's throwing mortality in their face.
0: Right, and then he hands her the razor after that, and she, like, makes the sling blade. Yeah. That was really cool.
1: Team Reaper.
0: Oh, yeah, Team Reaper for sure. Hashtag Team Reaper. Sephi's, like, all about it at this point.
1: She got it tattooed on her already, <laughs> <Yeah. party>, like, <laughs> blue handprint face.
0: Yep. Uh, she just likes the technology, I think. She's more into the technology than anything. She likes the grab boots. I love
1: technology. <laughs> you know, Napoleon Dynamite?
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: But not as much as you, you see. <laughs> but I still love technology. Always and wow, forever. I forgot about
0: that. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, okay, our next quote. This is after we've killed those freaking golds. We've brought them all back. They like hogtied them to a griffin and flew them across the mountains, which is hilarious. They're like hanging all <laughs> from a rope. On. No,
1: they stole a shuttle from Asgard.
0: Oh, they did. right.
1: Yeah, yeah. What? I
0: thought they were. I, like, it's weird. From it's a funny.
1: Griffin. I pictured the same thing you did, uh, but then when we were filling out the outline, I was like, "Oh, the shuttle. shuttle. It's like one sentence." Yeah. And I missed it, like I guess every time right. I read this book, because yep. I also pictured them hanging from the griffins. <laughs> I
0: really like that image. Damn Me it. too, but then
1: <laughs> like just now I was like, oh, they stole because mm-hmm. Proctor Mercury gives them the codes. Right. It's it's funny we both <laughs> we both came up with the same false image.
0: We're just trying to torture the Golds more. I feel right. like.
1: <laughs> no, they were in a shuttle. Though. You're yeah, right. Yeah.
0: And then they shoot the doors open. They like roll in to aliyah's war council
1: like stop this council
0: right Aaliyah's all pissed she's just like
1: hormonal she, she steps <laughs> to- <laughs> she's going through menopause
0: <laughs> oh she's through it <laughs> uh she steps toward sefi she says i carried you birthed you nursed you and this is my reward treason blasphemy you are no valkyrie these are lies Free our gods from the usurpers! Kill blasphemers! Kill them all! But before the first war chief can even draw their blade, Cephi steps forward, lifts the razor I gave her, and decapitates her mother. Blech. Turning back to her people, she speaks for the first time in twenty-five years.
1: She knew. <laughs>
0: your your cephie is kind of like Andre the giant
1: <laughs> it he, Pierce like talks about how Anybody low her, vo- how her voice how her voice is like very quiet and very low, but <laughs> it like commands the room I'm trying to do that you're doing great thank you <laughs> so this is so i mean everybody in that room knows Sefi, yep. and she's like legendary and she all these people lead her and she doesn't even speak and then this she decapitates <laughs> her mom which is so badass she's like yeah i got a razor just got it i already am a master <laughs> at it
0: yep decapitates her mom and then speaks takes yeah speaks takes the crown goes up on the the throne and like puts it on her head and just like lounges there she's like, <laughs> she's like
1: at, that she doesn't go to the there till she axes all the golds." right though. she
0: axes all the golds up. Yeah. she tears the war chest apart Axes all the golds, then takes the crown, goes up on the (laughs) the throne, and is like, we're going to war.
1: (laughs) Hey y'all, what's up? I know you didn't think this is the voice that would have come out of me, but this is it.
0: I talk. That's just a great image, like her just like striding up, putting the crown on, leaning back on the throne. She's like, The Valkyrie
1: ride to war. Do you know who's about to do this? What? Khaleesi.
0: Oh shit.
1: Except this is my uh, proposal. Everyone's going to die because Ice Dragon. How the fuck do you beat Ice Dragon? <laughs> but
0: she's got two other dragons.
1: Oh, by the way, there's spoilers for every series <laughs> in this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> including Game of Thrones. <laughs> Anyways, back to Morningstar. Right. Sefi is so scary, but like I definitely would follow her because she could kill me. Yes. definitely. <laughs> totally. I'd follow her out of fear. <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
0: Yeah, she's got a large axe and a razor and hardly speaks, but lots of people follow her. So,
1: so then all of this happens. Mm-hmm. Lifting the veil still, we're almost done. Um, we now take this new, the gods have fallen, they're not gods, all that, mm-hmm. to all the other tribes, which generally... In the past have been at war with each other, but they're like, now we're all going to join up and go to war against these false gods. And with this whole spreading the gospel thing, we see how Ragnar has uh, been a legend in these lands, which then means Darrow, his legend is growing. And the quote is, but with my friend's legend grows my own. My sling blade symbol burns across mountainsides to greet me and the Valkyrie when we fly to meet with new tribes. They call me the morning star.
0: I fucking love movies that use the title of the movie (laughs) in the movie. Okay. It is my favorite thing.
1: I think it's funny you like it because I don't like it. Oh
0: my God. I can't get enough of it.
1: I don't like it. (laughs) I can't tell you why.
0: (laughs) I just think it's hilarious every
1: time. Well, when they're like, the morning star... Okay, I'm like, okay, well, we already knew that was the book.
0: (laughs) But you're wondering what that title means. I didn't really
1: wonder. (laughs) You're more intellectual than me, though, so (laughs) I'll take your word for it. But me, I don't know. For me, it's like cheesy. You
0: just don't care what the title is or why it matters? What did you want the title of the book to be?
1: (laughs) I don't care. Red Rising 3. <laughs> I'll still read it. They can't use that in, in the
0: dialogue. <laughs> no,
1: I understand where it's cool. I just, I don't know. I don't like it.
0: It's a cheesy action movie thing, and I love cheesy action movies. And so... That's I, why I like I'm it so much. F- I mean,
1: I love, I eat this shit up. I love every part of this book. I'm just letting <laughs> you know that I'm not into the whole like title thing being a thing. I love it. All right.
0: Okay. I'm trying to desperately think of a movie where it happens, but I can't right now. I don't know why.
1: Like, my favorite movie is The Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. They don't say the words, The Princess Bride.
0: It's always so funny when they do, though.
1: I don't know. I'm I not know. into it.
0: Anyway. All right. That's this week's theme.
1: So, now that brings us to the Prime Five, which is five of our favorite insights and observations from this week's chapters.
0: I'll go first. My first insight or observation was that <laughs> it's fucking hilarious when Daryl tries to talk like an obsidian. <laughs> like, Can you read some of those quotes? <laughs> yes, because they are so good. This is when he's talking to the Golds, and they're like trying to describe the the ship falling and they're like did it break up into many pieces or just a few pieces or and he just goes the bones of the ships litter the mountain sunborn broken like a fishing boat laid upon midstern by a breaker splinters of iron splinters of men upon the snow and then one of the gold's ass splinters of men he goes yes men but with soft faces like ski <laughs> like seal skin and firelight too many metaphors (laughs) but eyes like hot coals i can't stop (laughs) how else did ragnar speak hair like the gold of your face I just love that Daryl's like too many metaphors, too many metaphors, and then he gives like three more metaphors. I'm
1: sure Holiday's (laughs) sitting there like, "Shut the fuck up!" She's like, "Look, when are we gonna kill these golds?"
0: It's just so good.
1: (laughs) The one thing I will say that I don't like about this whole part is Holiday kind of takes a background role once Mustang comes into the picture. Right. As much as I love Mustang. I wish that Holiday was still more present.
0: Yeah, I agree. She Cause, really like, just kinda falls so in the background. Cool, right. Yeah. Anyways. She just doesn't have a lot to do, you know.
1: Well she even she's like at one point, um, Sefie looks at her, like nods to her and to de gag the golds and holiday like does it for her. I don't know. She kind of falls back into her role as a, a dragoon and like uh mm-hmm army person and not as much a leader person anyways right so so darrow talking like obsidian is hilarious and he's bad at it and uh really stuff and obsidian is what
0: i said it's fantastic stuff
1: The obsidian is the only person he could imitate besides the gold at this point because he's so huge so he needs to get better at it
0: also they're on the ice so nobody else no there. one else is
1: <laughs> so the next prime five is uh take a drink pierce's writing mm. you you're like currently drinking as i said that good True. job ben he's ahead of the <laughs> game the spires um in all of their glory the way asgard is set up holy shit amazing uh even the descriptions which we kind of touched on of aliyah and the throne And then just the whole world is so different than from where we started in Red Rising in the mines. And it's just think about how amazing it is that we we've built up to know this whole universe and all these characters having all this depth from these different homelands that they come from.
0: Right. I love how he describes the spires just as like something a gold with like all of their hubris and like 50 years of experience on a terraforming machine. They're like the only person that could make something like this ridiculous.
1: Right. Because it's so, it, it's clearly yeah. not natural. Right. <laughs> it just like pops out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I just think that was a really cool description of, of the world. And yeah, this like how harsh it all is, is crazy. And then we have another floating mountain with this like staircase coming out of nowhere leading the way up uh, up to it the way of the stains and stuff it's just it's a really cool world building moment from pierce
1: also when they get to um asgard and the whole like flame eternal flame and the like fake footprints yeah the tree
0: it, that has like the
1: that really reminded yeah. me of narnia whichever book it is when the witch like everything's frozen and dead mm-hmm. i forgot which one that was right but just that whole scene of like the the quiet death and the spookiness of it all. Right. And the heaviness. Uh it really kind of brought me back to those yeah. books. So that and was cool.
0: It's just like anywhere you go in the solar system, like everything is just like a monument to like golds, like thinking they're so amazing and just like Yeah.
1: And and it's it's theater. It's yeah. yeah. It's all posturing yeah. to keep a whole race of people.
0: Scared and obedient, basically. Yeah.
1: Just horrible. Yeah. But also, like, I like theater. So, good job. (laughs) 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 Good job, Golds. Mm -hmm. So, next, Prime 5, we'll go on to talk about some relationship stuff.
0: I'll let you take this one. Okay.
1: Thank you. So, (laughs) this reread is very focused on Victor and Severo's relationship for me personally. And uh, what we hear in these chapters is Victor and Daryl have this short talk in a hallway and Daryl hints that Severo will be very happy to see Victor wink wink and then Victor blushes. Yep. She totally blushes and she's like this badass bitch who doesn't give a fuck and then all of a sudden she's like Severo? <laughs> 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 I love this part. This is definitely one of my top prime fives also at one point daryl points out to Severo about his goatee which obviously he grew for victor because if you remember she complimented someone about their goatee. rolo rolo mm-hmm. who is like super cool so obviously victor likes goatees and then Severo has one because he loves <laughs> victor
0: <laughs> he's got the start of one
1: well, he's trying. He's a boy still. Yeah. We forget that they're still younger than us because we haven't gotten a yet. Well, y- it just Iron seems Cold. like
0: I would really like to know what was going on during their week, like Severo and Victor's last week.
1: Uh, they were definitely knocking boots.
0: Seems like they were a flirty, flirty,
1: hanging out on the sly. <laughs> Anyways, loving the relationship stuff.
0: Yep, it's about to happen between those two. Marriage. Yeah. Well that and that
1: okay yeah
0: (laughs) all right uh moving on to our fourth item on the prime five list the conversation between darrow and severo over ragnar's body this part very emotional
1: this is where i was crying
0: yeah this one it, it touches you for sure just like the fact that severo there You know, I thought Severo was going to be super pissed. Yeah, like blaming Daryl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was actually kind of, the first time I read this, surprised by Severo's reaction.
1: Like his maturity. Yeah. And even he puts himself in Daryl's shoes, saying, like, if Aja was there, I would have gone after her and I would be dead.
0: Right. And I think that comes from the growth that they had together when they. Had their, that fight.
1: Their little bitch fight?
0: Yeah. They had to get that out because, like, if this happened prior to that, Severos, I'm, I don't think he ever forgives Darrow.
1: Right, 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 right.
0: And that's kind of what I was expecting him. I was expecting a lot more anger, a lot more venom from him mm-hmm. when he finds out about Ragnar's death. Maybe it also has a little bit to do with, like, he's had some time to process it. Like, obviously, Darrow had been in contact with Victra previously like they had contacted them from Asgard
1: right they knew that Ragnar was dead
0: right and so like he probably had you know he had like seven days to process the fact that Ragnar is dead and now he's seeing it so maybe that takes away some of the anger but also it's just like I was a little surprised by Severo's reaction but it's great like like you said it's Severo maturing and him and Daryl's relationship is at a better place now where they feel like they can talk to each other and just say what they mean and they have a great conversation about Ragnar. I love the line about how they talk about how Ragnar always thought of himself as a sword before like he was a weapon to be used right. and they allowed him to become a protector, which is what he always wanted to be. And that like reading that like gives me chills. That's like that's what this book That's what this whole rising is about is allowing people like Ragnar to realize themselves and be what they actually want to be for themselves. And Ragnar talks about that kind of like in his when he's like yelling at Aja right before they fight. You know, his her father turned him into a slave, turned him into a weapon, turned him into an animal. Right. And that's not who he is. He's he's Ragnar. He's the shield of Tinos. And it's Darrow. And Severo that gave him that opportunity, and that is so fucking amazing. Like it just really touches my my heart.
1: I just wish we had more time with him, and
0: and like uh, it breaks like, my heart. Yeah, Severo like using the like little
1: little punch. Punch. Oh my <laughs> golly, I was doing <laughs> the thing when you're like not crying, but you're like <laughs> trying not to, and you're like. <laughs> You're like stop it, and then like he punched him, and I was like, stop it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like turning it off. I can't listen. Right. They, so God they, damn it, Pierce, I you know. are good at ripping my heart out. So
0: good. So they have that conversation about Ragnar, and then they have conversation, you know, about what they're fighting for, and that's very important too. And they determine, you know, they've talked about how a lot of this is for revenge for their friends, or like Daryl's like, I've always been driven by Eo. And he just realizes kind of like how pointless that is. Like he needs to fight for.
1: For the living.
0: For the living. For the future. For what he wants the world to for be. For
1: his children.
0: For someone that he doesn't know about yet.
1: Also, several talks about his future children. That yeah. He, that he wants.
0: I thought that was really cool. With like, Victor. <laughs> yeah. I had like he had never obviously thought about that before. And now he's kind of, like, seeing Victor, and it's kind of cool to see that now, like him talking about that, and then they have this, like, great family 10 years down the line.
1: So this is a great bonding-building moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Even though we're all crying and sad, I think this really, the forgiveness that Severo and Daryl have shared between each other is really cemented in this moment of shared uh, sadness and mourning over their friend. And they're, like... Well, we're the light. Like, right. we are the only people fighting. We're in this together. Like, we got to keep going.
0: Yep. You can see that they've taken a real step forward. They like, have. as friends, as leaders of the rising. And it's, that's extremely important for them and their success, basically.
1: And then the last Prime 5 is another one of my favorites. It's the hang spots.
0: Commissary hang.
1: Commissary hang. Like I've said in a previous... Drunk pre- Mustang. Drunk Mustang. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Can we hang out? (laughs) (laughs) Mustang's being all sexy. Her legs are kicked up. She's leaning back against Daxo. They're hanging. Sophocles is there eating jelly beans. Mm -hmm. It's just a really great scene. Deanna,
0: give him another jelly bean.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She like rolls it across (laughs) the table. Blue. (laughs) Blue is blueberries. Uh, this, to me, was like a perfect movie-slash-TV scene of this, this whole, like, you're with Darrow's point of view walking in on this, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, shit, i are yep. hanging out with my mom. Right. And this is definitely a really important moment, too, because this is where Mustang is really seeing Darrow's family for the first time, because the actual first time, she was like... You're red? What the fuck? And she, like, almost killed everybody. But now she's really meeting his family, kind of seeing the side of Darrow that she hasn't seen before. So far, he's always been fighting, Mm -hmm. killing everyone. And this is like, oh, he's fighting for these people who he loves. So this whole just hang time, perfect movie scene. I really want to see it. Mm Mm-hmm wink wink whoever's listening let's see it (laughs) (laughs) well
0: one thing i want to add to that is like you said this is a great scene it's very super cinematic you like see it on a screen i think that that is one thing that pierce does really well throughout all the books he takes those kind of i don't know like familiar storytelling i don't want to say tropes but just like things that we're used to seeing or like things that we're all kind of we've seen before
1: and things we're wanting to see
0: exactly and he kind of remixes them into this red rising universe and then puts them all together like there's similar scenes like this where you know like we infiltrate a ship by getting on another like maintenance ship and it goes and like that happens in so many different types of movies and stuff like yeah and it's just like he does stuff like that but he remixes it into this world Remix. and uh it's great and i love that style of writing it makes it familiar but also new at the same time and i think that that's why uh these books are so fun to read because you kind of
1: because we like know these people we right. know these scenes we kind
0: of know what we're wanting out of the scenes but here we get these great new characters to see them uh executed and it's really cool
1: Also, executed when he kills them. (laughs) (laughs) This is (laughs) a bad choice of words. (laughs) (laughs) So that's our Prime Five. What does that mean?
0: It means it's time to name our Primus of the Week. The Primus of the Week is where we choose one character who conquered our proctors of plot and rose above the rest. Aaron, who is our Primus of the Week?
1: Sophie. (laughs) that's so tgr aka tim gerard Reynolds. the way he says seffy in ragnar's voice it is so heartbreaking
0: how does he do it again
1: i can't do it but it's like (laughs) it's like it's like the saddest like oh man heartfelt i i can't just you have to listen but like, part of why I've been crying even more than when I read it oh, is, it's the performance. is TGR just, like, wow. totally tearing it up.
0: I like they are giving them an acronym, TGR. No,
1: that's what they call him on the internet. Okay. All right. I'm just picking up the lingo from the cool howlers. Nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so our primus of the week this week is Seffy the Quiet.
1: Seffy the Not-So-Quiet-Anymore.
0: Not-So-Quiet-Anymore. Reason being... She's the key to all of this.
1: Well, first of all, she did not pee on anyone. However, she did chop her mom's head off.
0: Her sucky-ass mom's head off.
1: Traitorous bitch of a mom. Yep. And we're not recommending chopping your mom's head off unless yep. she is enslaved, basically your whole race of people. By and your
0: family members.
1: By selling your brother and keeping her seat of power.
0: Right. Yes. Yeah, so we are giving you permission that if your mom sells your brother into slavery, you are allowed to chop her head off with a razor. You've got the Howler Pod. Go ahead on that one.
1: First, if you have a razor, give it to me. (laughs) I'm looking for one. I'm in the market. If you know of one, then you can chop your mom's head off.
0: So Anyway, she is the key to us getting all of the obsidians on board with the rising. They're going to be the key to fighting the gold legions because basically Darrow doesn't stand a chance even with like Mustang and the Telemontuses in tow and the Arcos people we're still we still don't have enough warriors
1: Sephi is the key she listens to Darrow she's willing to go against her mom's wishes she's willing to go against like all her people who believe in these gods she's like what she's about to do is very um blasphemous and not uh very acceptable Mm -hmm. but she's such a badass that everyone immediately is like cool yeah, yeah we'll do what she says
0: well they all respect Ragnar and then she basically her buying in legitimizes what Ragnar was saying like you know they were intrigued by Ragnar but without him actually showing up and saying it himself they don't know what to believe once Sefi buys in then it's like, "Oh, Ragnar was talking about some real shit, and then she also legitimizes Darrow in that same process because she's like, "Hey, Darrow here he's the morning star.":
1: The morning star.
0: <laughs> and he's fucking legit." And they're like, "Oh, okay. okay. What's We're slaves? What? We don't like this. We don't have to live at the also, South Pole ther- and die
1: by the time we turn like North
0: 16." Yeah, it's South Pole.
1: They're not in the North. South Pole. That ruins all my Game of Thrones references.
0: You weren't making any.
1: The dragon. Okay. (laughs) Also, like last but not least, the whole. I'm gonna try to make a sound effect. That's her dragging (laughs) her axe. She drags her double-headed axe that was her mom's three seconds ago. Are you a god? Are you a god?
0: Ooh, that was a really good one. Are you a god? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I found it. Yeah. It took me a whole episode.
1: <laughs> but she, like, I know Mustang is Bay, but this is, like, beyond bay This it was is, also a little scary. <laughs> this is terrifying. Just dragging the axe, like, I'm about to... Cut you in half. Right. And
0: then, yeah, she almost chops that person, like, full in half. Cleaves (laughs) them. the first time.
1: (laughs) But another, like, okay, we're past prime five, whatever. But I do want to mention the the gold woman at the end who's, like, standing there reading that poem. Mm -hmm. That is so, like, grand and amazing. Like, even though, obviously, she's in the wrong, it's still... Even Daryl is admiring Gold's strength, even in the face of this horrible, terrifying death. Yep. It's Typical Gold.
0: Cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool.
1: Which is why I'm a Gold. <laughs> <laughs> so, so good job.
0: Congrats to Seffi. Maybe Seffy. we'll see again sometime.
1: Are you a god? Oh, I lost it.
0: All right. You know what it's time for.
1: What are we into this week?
0: Aaron, what are you into?
1: I'm into. And this probably isn't cool or new, but <laughs> pretty much the past two years, nonstop, every night, I play this game on my iPad called Sim City. Aaron
0: plays this a lot.
1: I play a Can lot. Can confirm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm building my cities. I'm building my... How are they going? They're going okay. And I'm not... A f- <laughs> Only okay? So Mustang would be happy. I'm not a fighter. I'm a builder. Oh, okay. I just farm. I just like... <laughs> Make stuff, but if you played Sims growing up, this is a great like. Hey, I'm gonna barely play Sims on my phone or my tablet or whatever, and it's free to download. And then they have in-app purchases, but I have this like rule where I will not buy things with games because I play a lot of games on my phone and and stuff. So, anyways, you can fully play it and have fun without spending any money. Completely
0: free. Yeah. Really. So you um, get the full experience that way.
1: I don't know, I haven't paid. (laughs) 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 Anyways, it's a great like uh, reminder of how fun Sims was, but less intense and it's totally different. It's kinda like more like roller coaster tycoon. Oh yeah. Except you don't have little people walking
0: around. Hell, yeah. Love roller coaster. Oh, also
1: I play that. You can also download that for (laughs) free. Really? There's like a fake version and then I also downloaded the (laughs) thirty dollar version.
0: But there's (laughs) there's
1: also a new app for roller coaster tycoon. I don't tell me that stuff but all these games I also play um, Clash of Clans on all of these games I don't actually fight <laughs> so I guess I'm not a gold I just like build the cities and like wait for my money to build up enough <laughs> I know my, you need can to I, sneak attack somebody sometime can I tell a quick story <laughs> sure I'm playing Clash of Clans I join this clan right and I'm like in the message boards I quickly find out everyone's like 12 years old <laughs> <laughs> I and remember they, you telling me this. They were, like, really intense about fighting. And they were, like, getting on my back about how I was missing the fights. Because they happen at a certain time. Like, there's a time frame. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I'm I'm an adult. Like, I'm busy. <laughs> I can't scheduled. just, like, be on my phone playing these games. Right. Anyway, so these 12-year-olds had to, like, kick me out of the clan Because <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't pulling my weight. Shit. Yeah. It's, That's difficult. I felt pretty attacked.
0: <laughs> you should have built your resources up and then attacked them back.
1: No. Oh, no. These little shits are amazing. Like, they would definitely kill me. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, like, really good. Anyways, that is me. Sim City was the original one, but also all the other games I mentioned. Ben, what are you into this week? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I know what you're into, and it's so stupid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this week, this is probably, by the time this podcast is released, this song is going to be
1: three weeks old
0: three weeks, three or four weeks old. But it's currently on fire in America right now.
1: On fire in Ben's heart.
0: And also in fire, on fire in my heart. It's Old Town Road remix by Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus. And I'm pretty sure it's the greatest song that's ever been made. I think there that the world boils down to two groups of people. There are people that love this song. <laughs> <laughs> and then there are people that are fucking lame. And I just want to know, which group are you in? Because if you don't like this song, then you're fucking lame. That's all I have to say.
1: I'm going to take my <laughs> horse down to Old Town Road. What is it? Town Road?
0: Old Town Road. Listen. You better listen to the remix, ben, though, with Billy Ray.
1: Ben has made me listen to this song at least 30 times. <laughs> and I probably would have liked it if not for Ben. And now I'm just sick of it.
0: No, she likes it. She was just singing it before the podcast started.
1: Because he keeps playing it. And the best part, the part I like the most is there's a remix about Game of Thrones and that's pretty good.
0: That's always that's good, yeah.
1: I love the remixes.
0: (sighs) Old King's Road, I believe. Is what they do. Yeah. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny.
1: Good job, Ben. You're into one song. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: all you need. It's a two minute real earworm. If you haven't heard it yet, like what is wrong with you? How have you not are you, like, in America? But
1: I don't know. I, I don't know that I would have heard it without you playing it a hundred times.
0: It's such a perfect blend of country music and rap music.
1: By the way, Ben doesn't even like country music, so I don't know what's going on.
0: That's, that's, that's fine. That's it doesn't good. matter.
1: All right. Sim City and Old Town Road by Billy Rice Cyrus.
0: No, it's Old Town Road Remix by Lil Nas X and Billy Cyrus. Does
1: that mean there's an Old Town Road not remix?
0: Yeah, there's Old Town Road by Lil Nas X is the original song. They oh. remixed it with, with Billy, Billy Ray. Ray. Yeah.
1: Nice. The first
0: song was already blown up, but then we Billy got, Ray hopped on.
1: We got the baby daddy of Miley. And it
0: got even bigger.
1: All right, Ben, What are we doing next week?
0: We are going to continue our reread on Morningstar. Are uh, you sure we should do <laughs> Yeah, I think so. We should okay. just keep going.
1: Chapters 37 through 43.
0: Yes, that's chapters 37 through 43 guess, in your read-along book's Morningstar by Pierce ex- Brown.
1: Guess who's excited?
0: Me? You.
1: You're excited. Do you know why?
0: Oh, Cassius. He gets his, the whole Cuz your boyfriend. Yeah, his next the next chapter is named after him. Your, the Last Eagle.
1: Your cleft chin, curly-haired love partner.
0: We're we're glad he's alive
1: someone's glad and it's been
0: we're all glad he's alive Nope, just you he's the key to us winning the end of the book
1: maybe we could have also shifted the paradigm a different direction
0: i don't think we would have been able to
1: all right follow us instagram twitter facebook etsy h-o-w-l-e-r-p-o-d email us hallerpod at gmail.com yes
0: we need some howler pod q a questions um so if you guys would like to be on the pod we'll like totally say your name and everything
1: and we'll be like this person's cool
0: and we'll be like this person's really cool. or if you don't want to
1: say your name you gotta tell us and we won't
0: well we'll say like your username or your email address or something unless you tell us not to yeah or we'll just be like this is an anonymous person but we'll probably be like this person's cool and they like old town road (laughs) (laughs) remix (laughs) but anyway we need some questions so if you have a question you don't it doesn't have to necessarily be red rising related we'll give out relationship advice
1: you, don't, you do not want that <laughs> from Ben. That was so <laughs> mean. <laughs> Threw you under the bus. I'm, I'm Steffi. I'm going to chop you in half. I'm cutting that out of the podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, follow us on the social meds. Share the books with your friends. Email us a question. Get your name on the podcast and be famous.
1: <laughs> famous quotes thank you howlers
0: omnis ver lupus
1: oh.